Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. They whispered to her, you cannot withstand the storm. <laughs> she whispered back, I am the storm. Hashtag doubt awareness. 20 years as a fan, you know, everything from Pete Gas to The Undertaker, I took it all in. I loved it. And then I lived it. And that was when everything changed. Because do you know what happened when I peeled back the curtain and got a look at The Wizard of Oz? I heard the whispers, I heard the talking behind my back, I saw the DMs of you making fun of me, and I saw the DMs, don't think I didn't, because I know who you are. But no matter what I did, no matter how hard I work, no matter how much I outperformed people, no matter how many championships I won, none of it was ever good enough. Using just my phone, I can turn a 200-seat community centre into Wembley Stadium because I take all the little people in this phone, I pull them out, and I show the world exactly what is happening there. That is influence. That is power. And I'm going to use that power to take the respect that I am owed. I am means. I am an influencer. And I am owed a debt of gratitude. Where's my water? Memes, how are we doing? I am fantastic. Although 11 a.m., which is the time we're, we're recording this, is actually quite early for me at the moment. So I'm, I'm a little bit tired. But this is because lockdown, well, lockdown, original lockdown, that turned me into a night owl. And then that just doesn't seem to have stopped. So my average going to bedtime is between 3 and 4 a.m. at the moment. So that's a... That's a thing. Wow. Well, thank you for getting up early with us. We appreciate it. <laughs> what What time would you normally wake up? Were you not chatting with us? Well, I'd probably be awake now, but I wouldn't have quite rolled out of bed yet. So I had to, you know, prepare in advance. So you have to get up a little bit early. And then, you know, so 11 would be about the time I'd be like, all right, time to get up and probably do some work now. 
Um, so, so it's a bit, it's, I, I know it's a very, it sounds lazy, but the reality is I watch TV and then go, what time is it? Oh, it's four, I should probably go to sleep. Have you always been a night owl? I know you say lockdown encouraged it, but do you think before that, were you a bit of a night owl? I was, but not to this extreme. Like I wouldn't go to, I, like I, I never go to bed before midnight because I just don't get tired. But, um, and I always tend to be more awake in the evening. <laughs> um but 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 no it, yeah lock, lockdown definitely completely ruined my sleeping pattern beyond what i thought was even possible so what time was bedtime last night slash this morning time last night uh i had an early one so i went to bed at about quarter to three last night <laughs> oh we appreciate you so what were you doing i like, well, got the, you know got, got desert island tomorrow so <laughs> nice and fresh drag my sorry ass to bed nice and early what were you doing till quarter to three um, what was I doing last night? I was it, playing it, football manager. Well, I just realised how loaded that question could have been. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was, play, I, was manager, I was playing football manager uh, to the point, and I'm at the point in that game now where I'm thinking about resigning as the Newcastle manager because it's too easy. I've just signed oh. the best of players in the world, and I'm just like winning every. I've conceded five goals in the season. And I'm like. What's the point? So I need to like resign and become Colchester manager or something. Is that um, what you're going to do tonight? Do you think it's possible? I need to finish the season first, obviously, because this will be a record-breaking season. I mean, I haven't even lost a game in the league, but um, I'll probably do that. And then I have recently been binging a lot of catfish, which I only recently got into about a month ago. So I'll probably be watching catfish and playing football manager. It's a wild life when you're. <laughs> No, it's 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 funny how I think lockdown did that to everybody. We all discovered shows we've never seen before, and they're just there's there's something that there is a true sadness that comes with binge watching. I've discovered, mm. like we, I, although we're sort of out we're coming out of lockdown as of time of recording as of tomorrow, apparently. Um, but um, we this past week we hit random on Netflix, me and my good lady, and it threw up season one, episode one of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I thought we've never watched this, so let's let's try it. Watched it. We've never watched it. We watched twelve hours of it on Saturday. <laughs> I was going to say, so always oh, Sunday's a weird one because the first season's pretty good, but then second season, Danny DeVito arrives, and it just becomes the best show you have ever watched in history. It's the moment unreal. DeVito turns up, the, the just... dynamic just changes like that. It just of skyrockets and it's the best show ever we wondered yeah, no, whether I, I, or not he was planned to be in it for as long as he was or whether they just went no this is class we've just got to keep going it's got to be yeah i've still got to watch the newest season actually but it hasn't quite come to england yet um but yeah i think i completed netflix over lockdown so uh, <laughs> i uh i actually um I, I live with um clementine the, the rest of clementine. oh lovely and, do say hello yes i will say hello and uh <laughs> we we've literally because I think we've both completed every television show ever now, just restarted watching Lucha Underground, but we're doing it like episode by episode. So we're trying to, uh, to kind of uh, do that one gently um, and, and go through those again. So uh, yeah, it's, I basically just started watching all the TV I've already seen over and over again. Our Lucha Underground is special. And I'm glad that you're watching that again. And it kind of leads us neatly to why we're here today, because uh, we're here to take you to an island far away from the maddening binging crowd, away from your commitments of football manager. Which, by the way, outside this window, no, no word of lie, you won't be able to appreciate it. But outside of this window is the River Tyne. 
So it's nice that you were talking about Newcastle because I'm literally looking at the River Tide. I can actually, do you know what? I'll tell you what I'm going to do, right? Just bef- <laughs> before you say farewell to them, before you say farewell to them, I'll give you a chance to to actually say hello to St. James's Park, which is... Where is it? Uh, it is, it is. Right, you see where there's that building with the little... Am I pointing the right way? I don't know, are you? I think I am, yes. So, on the left-hand side, there's a building with, like, a little white mound. Like, yeah. St. James's Park is to the right of that. So that's St. James's right. Park from a distance. So there you go. So you can... I think I can see it, yeah. You can, um, you can make, you can make yeah, it yeah, St. James's Park. <laughs> Sadly, for me, resigning as uh, the manager of Newcastle and football manager... It won't mean I can resign from being a fan of Newcastle in real life. Uh, <laughs> do, do you I mean, get too many it's going to be better now, but it, it's been a, a real struggle for about um, 16 to 17 years. It's been quite the journey uh, for the lads yeah. up here. How often do you get up here? Um, I used to go with my dad about once a season, actually, because um, mm. I'm, I'm in uh, Stevenage, so obviously that's a very long way away. But, you know, uh, eight-year-old me decided Alan Shearer was my favourite football player, and there I am supporting Newcastle suddenly. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I can't, and I can't change my team now because that would be terrible. Um, I mean, I don't want to change my team, but even if we are terrible most of the time. But, um, yeah, I used to go to, like, a, a, a game or two a season, try and get a home game, try and get an away game. But... I haven't been to a Newcastle game at home for, oh God, it was 1-1 and Colaccini scored the equaliser, so it must have been a while ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. Against Spurs. Um, oh, I think it was like the season after we went back up, so maybe like 2011, maybe? Oh wow, so it has, been, it has been a long time, yeah. No, it couldn't have been that long. Maybe I've been since and I'm just forgetting. But yeah, it, I do well, it, it, either way, either way, it's we're, we're away from like all the, the the worries of that today, and we're taking mm. you to a desert island where you can watch three wrestling matches that have some special significance to you, and uh, that have like a little bit of a, a historical love for you, or, or however you wish to consume them. So we're going to go through the one by one uh, as we sit down mm. today. What would you like your first match to be, memes? Okay, so so I've also gone with this along with not only what are my favourite wrestling matches, but if I am on the desert island, I assume I'm going to have to re-watch these as well. So I'm, I'm taking in the factors of, you know, I don't want to be sick of this match, but these matches by the end. So I'm going to go first for my number three choice, which I was kind of between two matches here, but um, both with Mick Foley in, and I was trying to decide which one I liked more. Uh, and I've gone for um, uh, Cactus Jack versus Randy Orton, Backlash 2004, just edging out uh, Mick Foley versus Edge at WrestleMania. So but, why um, why did that one edge it out? I think it's because... Edge it out, I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> um, I think it was because that was the first... Because at that point in 2004, like it wasn't easy to get indie wrestling or anything like that so i hadn't really seen the the violence of wrestling if that makes like you see the chair shots and stuff like that but like like that first time he takes the tax out when he goes through the tax and he sits up and he cuts to his back i just remember being like oh my god oh my god what and i'm what i'd be uh, 15 16 then so it just it, it, the thing i like the most about wrestling as well not only the violence obviously but uh is the storytelling and in terms of storytelling it was just this match of it starts off with you know like the young kid versus the old vet the old vet's insane he's gonna murder the young kid and 
and it's just this like combo that just it, it's just such a like it's got everything you need for a great match and like they blew it away that was that was like that's peak randy orton for me that that 2004 randy orton is peak randy orton for me it felt like a bit of a rite of passage for him as well like mm. a like a trauma trial by fire because he was sort of becoming coming into his own we won't we we'd seen the legend killer as part of evolution and uh, this felt like his 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 biggest step so far to be in there yeah. with foley and and as you say like it felt like a big moment for him sure it's the other thing actually same with the edge match um both uh, in both those matches obviously uh orton and edge both won but they come out and they do not look remotely like they won. They look like they've survived, which is why I just, I'm just like, oh, it's so good. It's just such, like, you know, because half the time someone will win a hardcore match and whatever, and they'll be covered in blood. They'll be like, yeah, I did it. But like, he's literally <laughs> been like dragged out by evolution, basically. And it's just, oh, I love it. I love it so much. Where did you watch this for the first time? Can you remember where you were? I want to say I was watching it live in my living room about 1am after potentially ordering it on Sky Box Office without getting permission. Oh. <laughs> um, were there ramifications I, from that? Because they were expensive and they show up on a bill. They show up like a beacon on a, on a Sky bill. I think it was, it was either that or it was one of those days where maybe I had got permission. I don't know if it was permission or not, but it was either I'd gone down and watched it very quietly on low so you don't wake everyone up. Um, or I'd gone down at 1am and actually pressed record on the video player because it's still that time of uh, time of our lives where we recorded stuff on video and uh, and then and then gone back upstairs and then watched it the next morning. But I think I watched this one live. Um, and yeah, it just absolutely, I mean, that whole pay-per-view is great, but that, that match specifically blew my mind. It was a friend of yours that had Sky that got you into wrestling, wasn't it? It was, yes. You know what? I, so I didn't know anything about wrestling at all. Um, until I, well, a friend brought first brought round SmackDown 2 on PlayStation 1, and we just played it nonstop. And, you know, I knew so little about it. I, we ended up getting it as well. We still hadn't actually seen New Wrestling, but I ended up enjoying that game so much that I bought it and knew nothing about wrestling. And my champions, I think, were in, like, the create or pay-per-view mode where uh, D'Lo Brown was the world champion, uh, and then he was kind of going back and forth with Steve Blackman, obviously. Obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, that was kind of the initial. Oh, and there was like, you know, green canes and stuff like that, because um, you could just change all the colours of everyone. Um, and then um, then I went to my friend's house and he just had Sky and we didn't have Sky. And he put on um, Sunday Night Heat. And I was like, oh, what's wrestling? He's watching. And I can't remember who he was wrestling. I assume it was like Random Jobber, but it was somebody versus S.A. Rios. And uh, S.A. Rios did the Asai Moonsault, and I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> and uh, we we just randomly started watching episodes of Heat every now and then when I'd go to his house. So like, there were a couple of weeks where, like I loved Loki because Loki had randomly appeared on three episodes of Heat while they were trying him out. And I just thought this guy's the best thing ever. And I didn't realize it was even time at the time. So I was like, oh yeah, Loki and like, and like K-Quick and people like that. Um, <laughs> And then, five, and then uh, actually, there was one slight one before that that I very vaguely remember where I went to my cousins and they put on Raw, but we probably watched it for like 15 minutes. But it was when uh, 
Big Show was being dragged away on the coffin <laughs> with uh, Big Boss Man. But that was a very vague memory. And I said, I, I realised, I was like, oh, yeah, I did see that then. So I, I, I briefly <laughs> went then. But yeah, it was the heat stuff that is kind of the stuff I remember properly. That's an amazing, um, amazing then, set of memories, though, as, as, of, a, of a time where, like, the Attitude Era was still quite hot. Like, I love yeah. how people get, how, how people are introduced in different ways. So it wasn't Rock, it wasn't Austin, it wasn't Mankind per se. It was S.A. Rios, it was Lowkey, it was K-Quick, and it was yeah. Boss Man dragging the Big Show's coffin. Big Show's mum's you know, coffin, rather. So when we finally got Sky ourselves, um, I am of the opinion that the Invasion is one of the best storylines ever. Because, because you didn't know what WCW was, right? Yeah, I started watching maybe a month before. So when I'm watching, and you know, I know that because of the game stuff, I know who The Undertaker, Triple H, all these people are, Stone Cold, everything like that. We're watching it. And then this invasion happens. And I'm like, oh, my God, who are these guys invading? This is all amazing. And I don't know Sting's not there. I don't know there's no Goldberg. Like, I don't know there's half these, like, stars missing. And it's just, like, blowing my mind how good it is. And... Yeah, I, I still watch, I still, I mean, obviously I know now, but I still watch it back then and I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Where's Buff Bagwell? <laughs> <laughs> we were burdened with knowledge uh, during the invasion for people who've been around long enough to go, yeah, there's people missing here. But like, I love that it was with yourself. It was just like, I don't, hey, I just, just cool. All these guys yeah. coming in from a different place. That's brilliant. That's what it's all yeah, about. And, yeah, and uh, I got a, um, and because when that invasion happened, then I was like, oh, what's ECW? And you like Google it and stuff. And I remember going to a random car fate and finding an ECW DVD and then going, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I put it on and I went, this doesn't look like WWE. I can barely see what's going on. <laughs> um, and it had like, it, did, it had like uh, RVD versus Sabu was on there and a couple of others. But um, yeah, it was, it was like, I can also remember getting my first wrestling video. I think this might've been before we had the sky as well. Um, and again, here we go, nice weird thing, because SmackDown 2 was, you know, my inspiration originally for wrestling, um, we went to a, um, to an HMV, and I was, they were like, you can get a video, I was like, right, where's the wrestling, and I found like, maybe 30 wrestling pay-per-views or something, um, just, you know, all, the, all in the line, I was like, right, what we got, and I was looking on the back of everything, at the match cards, to try and find a specific name, uh, which was Viscera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I loved play, I loved doing the, 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 the rolling kick in uh, in SmackDown Two, where he just <laughs> this guy kind of a massive forward roll and kicks him in the head, and I found it. Um, it was oh, was it SummerSlam '97 or '98? The the main event is um, Jesse Ventura's special special referee against '99. That was and, yeah. Yeah, 99, and there's a tag team turmoil match in there with Viscera and Midian. And Viscera's probably in the match for about two minutes. But uh, yeah, I had that whole pay for you, and I love that as well. So <laughs> I had very, very strange introductions to wrestling. Amazing. S.A. Rios, Loki, K-Quick, Buff Bagwell, Viscera, <laughs> then, now, forever. <laughs> the mighty stable. <laughs> <laughs> That's an OSW boy stable, if there ever was one. It's, it's no wonder that like later on I was like pushing the entire internet to love Heath Slater and 3MB, <laughs> my favourite stable of all time. You you whilst you were pushing them to like 3MB, you were getting people drunk with Booker T, which is uh, which is the, which is the, the the beautiful as as wonderfully bizarre as your introduction is to wrestling. Uh, the the introduction to what would become wrestling memes was through the Booker T drinking game. It was yeah, that was a. Uh... It was just me and a mate at uni. We, we we just loved Booker T's commentary so much that 
we um uh, we we just went we we made our own rules and we were doing it. We got when we we went uh, out in Lincoln actually to a, uh, a nightclub called Sugar Cubes very often, and um, we would play the Booker T drinking game beforehand. And then we were like, we made all these rules. And we're like, we should uh, put this as a Facebook page, and um, and we just did it as a joke. And suddenly it gained like a thousand likes in a week, which at the time I was like, oh my god, a thousand likes! I'm a celebrity, um, <laughs> and. Uh, it, it just kind of it kept taking off and then I was like I started making like jokes about it and stuff and then that kind of it kind of tailed off a bit and stuff like that but um uh, because you know we, we finished uni and stuff but then I was kind of I was actually I was in the Maldives as you, as you do um working in the Maldives and I was really really bored because there's not actually a lot to do in the Maldives um and I just discovered what memes kind of were and I've been doing a bit of them with this Booker T page but um and then I was like, I should do this for wrestling. I wonder if there's a wrestling memes. And I Googled it and there was no such thing as wrestling memes, not anywhere on the internet. Like there were memes about wrestling, but there was no wrestling memes. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And I think because it didn't exist and because, so I had no competition and because I was creating my own stuff. Uh, and then also because memes weren't really prevalent at the time, it kind of, just shot up very, very quickly. Like I, I got up to thirty thousand uh, like followers in in like in the space of a month or two. Like it, I was like I did not understand what was going on or why it was happening, but it, it grew very, very quickly. Um, and then and yeah, and then it just I started making a lot of random in jokes and stuff. And like initially at the start, I didn't want to say who I was either. I kept myself like completely absent until I suddenly because I do journalism I was suddenly like oh I want to do podcasts I want to do tv and I want to do radio and all this kind of stuff and it, 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 it then it started kind of uh becoming a bit more about me and, and stuff like that and then that would eventually obviously lead to me suddenly becoming a wrestler which as you do <laughs> with um you you mentioned their aspirations to become a journalist um and, and get into journalism was that what you were doing at Lincoln yeah, so I did uh, a BA in journalism uh, and then I did a sports degree in sports journalism um, or a master's degree, sorry, in sports journalism. Uh, and then I have did various, um, it turns out when you get a, a, a master's degree and a BA that you're still not qualified to do any sort of journalism job <laughs> so, until you got the, about a year of experience. So I, you know, I did the usual uh, get your experience. I was working um, on the sports desk at the South London Press uh, for a, quite a while. Um, then got a job in the Maldives, got jobs here, there. And uh, like I've, I've somehow managed to roughly become a journalist for uh, about 10, 12 years now. And I've kind of let that bleed over into wrestling a couple of times. Like I briefly uh, wrote for JBL, which was a, which was a strange one because it was uh, when he was doing the Layfield report. Um, I got I got put in touch with him and I was like yeah I want to write for JBL and and then I'd get a check every month from JBL but it's literally signed John Layfield and it's for about five hundred dollars or something I'm looking at it going I don't want to cash this because this is like his gimmick and then I'm like wait no I need this five hundred dollars let's put this check in the bank but it was really I'd like you get a signed letter like oh thanks for all your work John Layfield I'm like this is so weird and and I started a podcast an email I'm like oh do you mind doing a podcast with me and he's like yeah sure. And uh, like, so I launched, and this is, again, this is before everyone in the world had a podcast as well. Like if I launched a podcast today, I'm sure it'd be a, a much bigger challenge. But at the time it was like, you know, Colt Cabana and a handful of other people. So I, I launched this podcast with um, uh, 
uh, with the first guest being JBL and that got about 10,000 listens or something like that. And I was like, oh, this works. Um, and I did like quite a few of those, like various people, people around Brewers and stuff like that. I was kind of uh, leaning into the world of wrestling a bit more and meeting wrestlers and stuff like that and speaking to them. And, then, and that's kind of what ended up with me meeting wrestlers who then convinced me to actually be a wrestler, <laughs> um, which, yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a weird who, one. who who uh, who bent your arm then to to become a wrestler? Who were some of those people that said you should? You so, should uh, so at the time, I was living in Hitchin, which is just down the road from me at the moment. I'm in Stevenage now, um, and uh, I met some people from the local wrestling promotion there, which is where they have their training school, which is called UBW Ultimate British Wrestling, um, and basically, I just became friends with them, and I was going to a couple of the shows and like the the group of people they'd had were all very new and they, they'd only been training maybe two three months um so they were kind of all coming up at the same time um and, and like you at the time was bringing a lot of like outside people on these kind of their own group was being built up and yeah i just became good friends and so we were hanging out loads and we just got one day i was very very drunk and they went you should come to training tomorrow and i went that's a great idea and then i woke up and went Oh, no, I said I'd go to training. Why did I do that? That's so stupid. Uh, and we turned up and it was in this MMA gym um, uh, called Brooks. Um, so they had like a Muay Thai ring that you couldn't bump in because you'd break it. Uh, you had like, um, we had like mats and stuff like that. And we had uh, like crash mats and things like that. And and basically I, I they, they did my, my bumps basically. And I did them and went, oh, I can do this all right, I'll see you next week. And it just kind of, and like, I only have, uh, the whole time I was like, oh, I just want one match and then I'll be happy. And I, I trained for like nine months or something. And then I had my match and then I was like, all right, when's the next one? When's the next one? And, and here I am now, you know, hundreds of matches in at this point, probably um, lost count. But yeah, it, it's, it's, it all kind of just grew from there. Was there something on that first day? Obviously, you you you, you seem to take to it like a like a duck to water. But was there something on that first day that surprised you about wrestling training? Um, not really. Like like with like UBW now specifically, like um, they at the time they were a lot smaller, so we were only able to get ring training when there was a show and they had a ring hired. Whereas now they've got the Square One facility, which they launched just before lockdown, and is. Yeah, it's the most incredible thing. It's our own performance center. Like we've got, we've got a ring up the whole time. You can go any time of day. We've got like fitness equipment. There's like drinks and stuff there, all this kind of stuff. Um, we're like, there's like now on the wall, there's like, there's these uh, graffiti paintings of like the rock and, uh, and like Lita and people like that all over the walls. And it, it's like, it's such a good place to just be able to train and stuff. And we were able to do it in, uh, you know, socially distanced pairs in lockdown. So, like even when we were in the peak of things, I could go there on my own at least and like roll around and like um, train and stuff like that. But it, yeah, it was very weird the first time because it, it was just like I was just like, oh, this is a, this is just so I don't know. I just didn't realize this was so accessible because um, I think now there's a lot more training schools as well. Because I thought about it when I was younger, but and then even looked it up and it's like, oh, and your nearest school is three hours away, whereas this one was your nearest school is a five minute drive from your flat. And I was like, well, I have to kind of, you know, you have to. Um, and I'd done a bit of like ring announcing as well for UBW just before that. Um, so I kind of had got little bits and pieces. But yeah, it was, it was, I think it was just the first time I, 
because you kind of like you learn your bumps you got you, you do your back bump you do your side bump and you do your flip bump and I did all three of those and I was like oh I can do these things and and it was when I realized that I could do that I was like well maybe I can do the rest of it and I was just you know it's very slowly like day by day practicing these bits and pieces and uh, and yeah, before you knew it, I was suddenly like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I was a good wrestler, but I was um, a, a, a gradually improving wrestler as time went on. Uh, like um, my debut was about uh, a five minute match against um, uh, a wrestler called, well, I, uh, he's changed, uh, the person who's played him has changed a few times, but it's a wrestler called Major Lee Rotten, who was like a masked military luchador effectively. Um, and we did about five minutes. And when I watch it back, you can see various points where I look completely lost, but it's not terrible. Um, you can tell I have all the adrenaline in the world because I'm literally like twitching like a rabbit. Um, and it was, yeah, I, I got, I obviously I also, because I had the following, um, I, I got probably a lot more special treatment than most people would get. So I got my debut um, I won the match and then a group of heels who were in a Survivor Series style match later in the night came out and um, mobbed me and beat me up. And my whole family had come to watch this match too. So like, they're probably, you know, 10, 12 members of my family in the audience. They'd seen me win. They're like, oh, great. Uh, I get beaten up by these four guys who like absolutely destroy me, you know, proper dead. I get you know, carried off. And they're like, oh, great. Means has uh, had his match. All right, let's go to the pub. And, I was like, <laughs> and my dad was like, my dad and my brother stayed. Everyone else left. And I was like, I didn't know this at the time. And then later in the show, they've got the Survivor Series match. They take out one of the guys in the match. So it's four versus three. And then when it's two and one at the end, oh my God, I've come back and I've, I've, I've saved the day. And they missed all of that because they went to the pub. And they're like, oh, sorry, we thought you were done because you got carried to the back. And I was like, Oh, in their defense they want to beat the rush yeah <laughs> yeah the big biggles wade rush it's it's like it's like leaving like 50 minutes into a newcastle match with their three deal down oh they've been beaten up let's just let's get away <laughs> we'll get ourselves away uh we'll dig more into that let's in a moment but let's get your second match for your desert island we've had right. uh, uh mick match. foley randy orton from backlash what's your second match gonna be all right so i've got two left i'm gonna go for the, ne the next one is my favorite match ever so I'm going to go for the next one. Uh, yeah, this is my favourite match ever. I can watch this a thousand times. It is perfect storytelling. It is the perfect match. Um, and every time I still think he's going to win when Jim Ross yells, climb the ladder, kid, make yourself famous, because it's Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker for the Undisputed title. And every time he's like that, I'm like, this is the time he's going to get the belt this time. I know it. <laughs> and yeah, that that match is, oh, it's just, it's amazing. It's such a... It, the, like what I've been told about um, one of the key things I was told about wrestling like, as being a wrestler is it the wrestling isn't because uh, obviously you know everyone knows that it's a, it's a performance um, or the vast what? majority what uh, um, but the, what I was told very early on was the, the trick isn't um, to make people think wrestling is real the trick is to make people forget that it's not and that is what that match does. Because every time I'm like, Jeff Hardy, he's going to get it this time. He's going to win the Undisputed title. And, and when I watched it live that first time, like this guy who was nowhere near the WWE title picture at the time, I was like, he's going to win this title. He's, there's no way The Undertaker can like beat him. And, and, and they tell that story so well. And then when The Undertaker, like who's like, the at, the at that point, he's the most horrible 
evil heel there is raises his hand. It's like, what the fuck? And it's, oh, it's just, it's such a good match. It's so good. It started that journey for uh, Jeff Hardy, because Jeff Hardy would be, like, I think from that match, everybody knew Jeff Hardy was special because he, by that point, he'd won uh, the, the light heavyweight title. I think, no, he'd won the European title. No, he'd won the light heavyweight title. He'd won the intercontinental title so he'd had some single success but it wasn't until that match against undertaker where he just rose and people went oh he could be top guy and and he would fulfill that destiny in years to come yeah that match especially stands out oh it's so good it's yeah no it's everything i love about it like the chair shot when undertaker's got him for the last ride and he's got the chair and he works him over the head and you know i had a uh a uh a tlc match um, with Charles Crowley at UBW. And it's still one of my favourite matches I've ever had. And when I was talking to him about it, I was like, we're basically doing Undertaker Jeff Hardy, just to let you know. Um, so there, <laughs> there was a lot of inspiration taken from that match. Um, and it was, yeah, it's, I, I just, yeah, it's, I cannot think of anything better than that. It's, it's so good. It's unreal how good it is and how, how much it makes you believe, which is what I think is like the key to, to a great match, making you believe and make you feel like real emotion. And that was what you set out to do when you went into wrestling is to is to to make people forget that it's not, uh, as you say. And let's go back to that first match that you had, because the one thing that you, you I don't think you mentioned it there, but you streamed that match as well. Like that match went out live and and, and not, yeah. so you're coming into wrestling as somebody who's been a fan for a long, long time. Um, but you're coming in with a massive following that is on the journey with you. Like what's what's the pressure like with that? So it's- it's a very confusing double-edged sword for me um, because you get a few different things. So that match, uh, God, why did I stream it? God, idiot. Um, <laughs> 20,000 people watched my debut and it, it's like, it's it's okay for a debut, but why did I get 20,000 people to watch my debut <laughs> in retrospect? Um, yeah, I've done like a bit of live streaming of matches and stuff. Like when we do WrestleMania with UB- UBW now, every year we do WrestleMania those get live streamed and stuff like that. And you get you get a very, I think my, my fan base specifically is probably quite WWE orientated, not necessarily indie orientated. So I get a very, uh, a bit of a, a an imposter complex in that I'm like, okay, I've probably been booked because I have this following and like, like I, and I, I need to like prove that I'm, you know, good enough to actually, you know, keep working for this place and do this and do that. And every time I, I go out and I'm like, nobody's going to know who I am, nobody's going to cheer, nobody's going to do anything. And I go out and then they cheer and I'm like, oh, it's everything's fine, all right, let's wrestle. But <laughs> yeah, I, I always feel like a, a strange pressure that I don't think really other wrestlers will get, where if they get booked and, you know, they go, oh, we're, this person's wrestling and they get a few retweets, it's like, oh, great, cool. And then they turn up at the show and the fans love them. Whereas I feel like I'm the person where they're booking me because they want the exposure that I can kind of give them if that makes sense. And then I'm like, right, I need to live up to that. I need to give them that exposure and kind of live up to that. And, and yeah, my fan base is very strange in that like one day I'll, I'll post, I'll be like, this is the best promo ever. And I'll post it and it'll get five likes. And I'll be like, well, nobody likes my wrestling. And then I'll post a promo a week later. Like, like um, the one that's pinned to the top of my Twitter at the moment is something I got professionally done when I, I turned heel. And um, cause I've turned heel for the first time this year as well, or just tail end of last year. 
uh, and when I, that one's you know got shares likes everything it's had over ten thousand views i'm like oh everything's fine but yeah i get this real like uh imposter complex and like especially when i started on early on you know not naming any names but there, there were quite a few wrestlers like not not like big name wrestlers or anything like that they were actually you know the ones i knew were quite supportive and be like oh good luck with that but you, you get these guys who are you know they they they're the big guy in their local scene you know down in wherever and they get a they, they go oh who's this guy coming in why is he coming in and doing this and they get jealous and it's it's a bit of a weird thing because like i mean if you ask anyone who knows me if if i think someone's good i will shout to the moon about how good they are and i'll make sure that people like like charles crowley is a perfect example he's he at the time we were tag team partners and I knew immediately how good he was and how good he was going to be and now he's on progress he's wrestling all over the country and he's doing these great promos and I'm like for, for, for months I'm like get Twitter get Twitter get Twitter and he's like why, why, why I don't need Twitter I've got Facebook I'm like get Twitter get Twitter get. and he does it and he shares it and then I can share his stuff and like I'm not you know not taking credit for his entire career but I, I wanted to initially to give him exposure and he shares these amazing promos i'm like i know if i share this people will even if they don't know who you are if they watch it they will share it and it's great seeing someone like that have the platform when you know how good they are and he is great and and when when you know that all you have to do is put this on 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 online i want the world to see how good this guy is and that's why we started tagging because i was like if we tag together i bet this will work and it did and like we got where we were working we got super over and we we uh, one tag team titles he, he eventually turned on me and turned heel and we had children crying in the audience because they were so upset that we'd broken up and that's actually what led to this tlc match um and like that kind of stuff and there's so many people like that where i'm like i need the world to know this person exists because i know they exist and i just want them to get like some of the awareness that i've got because there's so many people like that that are like i mean just in uvw i, I could list a thousand people that well, not a thousand because we don't have that many on the roster, but you know, there, there's names like well, Tommy Carr's one, for example, who's just breaking out now. He's um, very soon competing uh, at um, Wrestle Carnival for their championship. Um, he's doing bits and pieces here and there, and like in terms of like technical wrestling, he's like unmatched from people I've seen across the country. Uh, and then there's people like like Truman Roswell, who's uh, he was originally Paddy O'Connor and changed his name, and he was before his thing was kind of just like. I'm a generic Irish guy called Paddy O'Connor. And then he, he started this, cons- and he was a great wrestler, but then he started this conspiracy gimmick, uh, which then Sammy Zayn started a month later, which was quite funny. But um, he started this conspiracy thing. And uh, and we we did this promo. I filmed a promo with him where Sammy Zayn was hunting him down in the woods, stealing his ideas. And then he gets abducted by aliens. And it's the best thing ever. And he's such a good wrestler. And he's, his character now is there. And like, it, there's people like that and there's there's I could I mean I could literally I could keep going and there's people you know Spike Valentine Adam Ralph all these names that people probably haven't heard of but or maybe haven't heard of as much but deserve all the exposure in the world and need to be everywhere in, in across the UK um and that's what I like to do with my with my social following where I can is if they've got somewhere I'm like my audience will respond to this I'll share it because I know that will even if it gains them two or three followers if I do that enough times you know it, it, it benefits them. Um, and yeah, and then there, there were these people that, that just decided uh, that they were, you know, they were quite jealous of me, which I, I always also found ridiculous. But um, it was when we did the first WrestleMania, they were basically kind of, uh, or, the, or this group that I'm talking about specifically, were kind of making fun of it. And 
because it was because WrestleMania originally was just a, an event I did on the page um, where we have a meme contest effectively, and it got like over a million views or something like that, like insane numbers. And I was like, I said to Paul Ash, who uh, co-runs UBW, I say, oh, I'd love to do that as an event one day, just kind of offhand. And he went, Why don't we do it as an event? And I was like, What? <laughs> and uh, and we did WrestleMania as an actual event and live streamed it. And 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 yeah, and, he, and these guys got like a bit funny about it and they were like oh yeah mocking it because you know i probably had about three matches that time which is probably a bit fair to be fair but i always find that a bit weird in the concept of it's like our village hall is better than your village hall that's the kind of level that we're on here like it's so silly but um i think for many it's a case that there's and and it doesn't justify it in any way shape or form Mm. i'm sure you've gone through this in your head multiple times and says that you've come along you've brought with you a lot of eyes to a product and you there'll be many that will go he hasn't here comes the the classic he hasn't paid his dues but you know that's the thing like when like all the like and that's the thing because he hasn't paid his dues, but like, you know, I, uh, I train at least, you know, three times a week. I, uh, I have, you know, I'm constantly going around with other people. I'm doing the networking just like everyone else does the networking. Like I'm, I've been very, very slowly, like kind of building my way towards where I want to be. Um, and, uh, like, even now I'm like, I, there's still plenty that I want to do and pl- plenty of places I want to go. And I'm like, but am I ready or not? Who knows? But I, I always, I know that, I do, I do get, uh, I guess, an unfair advantage with the following, um, but it kind of, as well, I say, it's not unfair it's, because it's something unfair, that you've worked hard to 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 cultivate. Yeah, but it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the, hey, here's a guy who's worked for twelve years, or here's a guy who's worked for four years, but he's got all these followings, kind of. But they're not from him being a wrestler; they're from him making fun of it. I'd argue that I, if I, the I guy who worked for twelve get... years had a stronger following on socials and did the Twitter, then it might be a different story. Yeah, I, what I, a crazy I, I idea! Get internal battle in my head though, where I'm like, like I, I, I'm, I've got an advantage where I can kind of get a foot in the door. But once I've got the foot in the door, if I turn up and stink the place out, they're not going to book me again. So I need to make sure that what I'm doing gets that, the audience to be like, yeah, we like that guy. And, and I, I think uh, most of the time that happens. Yeah, you, you, that, that, it helps you get in the door, but then it's your your conduct and your professionalism and the, and the quality that you bring that allows you to stay in the door. Because yeah, they can exactly. have you put eyes on their products and go, all right, we got eyes on the product. He was a bit crap. He can go now. But the, yeah. it, it says something, the fact that I feel like every time I, I see what you do, you're, you're, you're ticking new places off. Yeah, well, yeah, I've, I've, there's been quite a few this year that I've been aiming to get. I've got a list of about five or six where I was like, I want to get, and that was like long-term post-pandemic. And I've already managed to tick two off that I wasn't expecting to tick off, which were um, uh, Wrestle Carnival first, um, and then um, a good wrestling, which is somewhere I've wanted to get onto for about four years. And I just did this weekend for the first time, and that was exact exactly what I've been talking about. A good, we were, we were, it was the uh, the greatest scramble. So it was a twelve man scramble match, and it's got people. It's you know it's got big like Brit rest names in there. You know there was like Callum Newman, uh, Charlie Morgan, Jetta, Tate Mayfair's, uh, Elijah, a bunch of people. And I'm like. Why am I in this match with all these people? But, and I'm behind the curtain and my music's playing. I'm like, they're not going to cheer. They're not going to cheer. They're not going to cheer. And I came through the curtain and they cheer. And I was like, oh, good. And then I was in the <laughs> ring and they started like proper like chanting. And I was like, I was like, oh shit, I'm actually 
really over here and I was not expecting this remotely and I was like and then that kind of like once I was once I know I'm like oh everyone knows who I am they know what I do I can have fun now it's fine but it's just that those few seconds where you go out I'm like oh it's all gonna go wrong it's all gonna go wrong it's good I'm gonna come out to crickets and I, I get that so often if I haven't like been there before um so yeah it's, it's a it's a very yeah it's always a very strange one for me um because you know I love wrestling and uh, obviously because I do it now, but then then I'm just like, I'm always like, should I actually be here with all these like really legitimate wrestlers and then me who's doing rock bottoms and stunners? <laughs> I, well, of course you should. Maybe. Of course you should. Of course you Maybe should. not. Maybe. When, when, and this, I think this is the, it's so it's what's, what's amazing is doing this show is mm. that I, spoke to so many people with so many different levels of experience of technical ability and everything and imposter syndrome really does take no prisoners there is no oh, uh, there's I've no mindset that, that it goes for it's just everybody you know i never had it until wrestling and i'm like oh this is really a real thing i completely understand it now like mm. it's so weird like it's such a weird thing because like you've been booked you're in there you're wearing all the gear you spent hundreds of pounds on the, the crowd are cheering for you went yeah, but should I have been in there with that person? <laughs> like, it's such a weird mindset. Like, and even when I was just doing, when I wasn't wrestling and I was like getting people like Mick Foley, like sharing stuff or like, like just before I started wrestling, I got put on trial um, by Matt Hardy when he was doing the full broken thing in front of like an audience of about three, 400 people. And I was like, that's the best thing ever. But why have I been picked to do this? It's <laughs> such a weird a weird thing like I was on you know I was on TV with, with WrestleTalk I was like I'm on TV why does someone want to listen to me be on TV I, I, I did podcasts for like Fox uh, Fox Sports and like Nerdist and all these kind of things and I'm just like and, and you know, now of course Cultaholic and uh, Desert Island Grats and it's things like that where I'm like like I'm, I, like I know when I'm on here everything will be fine and like I know that I'll, I'll, I'll be able to talk and I'll be able to do this and I'll be able to do that but it's just in beforehand like even with this one I'll be like no one's going to listen to this. No one's going to listen. <laughs> it's like, it's just such a weird thing just here in the back of my head that, that is just telling me it's all going to go wrong. And then it all goes fine. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It'll be fine. I promise you. <laughs> but then it's, 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 it means nothing. It means nothing to, for other people to say it because mm. you can have, and, and, and you're probably a bit like myself because I get a little bit of this when I do a, I do like a, a tiny bit of stuff still in wrestling. I'm sort of coming away from it myself now, but I've been doing like uh, ring announcing and, and managing, which I've really enjoyed. And, but there is that little element of, are they doing this because of sort of the, the, the quote unquote clown that, that might be brought with it. And yeah. they hire me. Yeah, and exactly. I've had to really fight that and go, you know what? No, I'm actually, and it, without sounding like arrogant, I I personally, I'm an awful, I had one match, it was dreadful. I was terrible. I was out of shape and it was a bad idea. Never doing that ever again. You you can have that memes. You can have that, that's fine. But you know what? As uh, if, you, if there's a wrestler that needs a mouthpiece, you know what? I've actually learned, to, I'm learning to say to myself this year, actually, I'm bloody good at that. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> so recently, um, well, literally January the 2nd, I woke up in agonizing pain out of nowhere. Uh, and it turned out that I uh, had managed to catch a medieval disease because I had gout. Um, wow. I, hadn't not, I hadn't been drinking alcohol. I hadn't been having red meat, no port, nothing like that. It was just like a freak occurrence, apparently. Um, but yeah, I, I had like, I proper, like, it, I, like, I cannot describe the pain gout is to anything I've ever had. Like, I could not put a duvet on my foot it was that painful 
Like you couldn't have anything touched. I couldn't wear socks. I couldn't. I was stuck indoors for two weeks because I couldn't wear a sock and a shoe. But as a result of this, um, and also because I've turned heel recently, I was supposed to be in um, a match that I say I innovated, but a match that I uh, stole the Royal Rumble and reinvented the rules because of a meme. Um, and this is actually the match that leads to WrestleMania. So the winner of this match goes to the main event of WrestleMania. And instead of the Rumble, we have the floor is lava. Which is a brilliant name. Right. And, I've, and I've loved it for a long time. I, I very yeah. much and like I, the floor is lava. And, and just peek behind the scenes. That's the, that's the only match at UBW I get to plan. And I spend like three hours oh. working out exactly what's going on. when the co- And I'm like, this person needs to be eliminated. Then that person needs to get stuck on a table over there for two hours. And, it, and it's so much fun to plan. But... Um, this is the first one I haven't been able to actually be in because I had the gout. And I was like, right, what can I do? What can I do? And I messaged Paul and we had, uh, from the Square One Academy, we had five or six wrestlers debuting. And I went, Paul, um, what if I come out at the start and then start sending in surrogate wrestlers to compete for me? Um, and they keep getting eliminated until obviously someone does it for me to kind of start a feud. And he was like, yeah, I love that. So I come out with like, I got a lift there obviously because I couldn't, I literally couldn't wear a shoe. So I had this sock with a hole cut out and I came out and now I'm being a heel. For the first time, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't need to get cheered. I can just literally be like, like the heel version of me is, the heel version of me is based on basically what, you know, those those jealous wrestlers think I am. So the heel version of me, that's exactly how I envisioned it. I'm like, right, I'm a massive celebrity. Um, everyone should be getting me matches because of who I am. Um, you should all be saying I, everything should be booked around me. Like that's that's the entire concept of of heel memes is that he's a he's a a big influencer who who basically believes his own hype, um, which has been really fun to, to do because it's just such a it's just such a swing. But I got to do this in the thing. And I, I come out I'm like oh, I just need to get booed now. This is fine. I just came out on a cane, like proper. I mean, I hammed it up as well, but um, someone had lent me a cane, so I was like limping out. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I've got gout. And they all laugh. And I'm like, it's not funny. It hurts. Look. And I'm holding my foot in the air. And I'm like, right, I'm naming a surrogate. And and the first guy comes out, literally for his debut, is, is uh, a kid called Freddie Idol comes out. Um, and CJ Carter, a fantastic, another fantastic wrestler who should be everywhere, uh, is in the ring. And um, they get like a little thing. And then CJ eliminates him. And I'm like, right, I have a second surrogate. And then uh, the next guy, another guy come out called uh, Tony Sin, again, making his debut. Uh, He does his little bit with him and he gets eliminated. I'm like, right, right, fine, fine. I have a third surrogate. I want this all to be above board. I need to win this match. I need to go to to the main event of my own show. Um, And we bring out this big guy called Harrison Leon, who's about six foot six. Uh, Looks like he's going to get CJ and then he gets thrown out as well. And it's like, oh, oh my God. Um, I'm like, you know, losing it on stage, limping around the stage. Um, and then I get all three of them to mob him and then Hustle Malone comes out and um, turns around, hits him again in the sea, throws him out. I'm like, thank you, Hustle Malone, good job. And then I kind of like disappear off for, for the rest of that match. But it, yeah, it's, it's been fun being able to kind of play it. Like, I think before I was just doing me, just being really happy was basically my character. Whereas now I'm actually playing a character which feels very different in like in a good way. So I'm like, and now depending on which show I'm on as well, if I'm playing face or heel, I get it's a different experience for me, which which has been quite fun to do. And uh, that's that being the heel has actually kind of 
relieved a little bit of that pressure now because I'm like, oh, I don't need to get cheered. I literally just need to make them un- un- don't not like me, which is just like, I mean, not easy, but like, I guess it is easy to make people not like you. But like my, my, my real life mindset is be the most positive person in the room. Like at all times, like like. But I'm you a, know I'm what? A... That in itself, as I've discovered, can be deeply unlikable. Uh, yes, it can. Well, you know, I, I'm the guy who makes jokes at funerals, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, I like to like like my kind of basis for my uh, heel character is kind of, or in my mind at least, is kind of Bo Dallas meets the Miz. So I, I don't even realize that I'm a bad guy. I think everyone's like I'm doing I'm doing it for the good of this show. So why would people be booing me? Like you know that kind of stuff. So it, it's been fun to to kind of get a different side of me and like get to do a bit more uh, more acting towards what I'm doing and kind of do the other side of the dance effectively as well. So I presume this is going to lead to uh, WrestleMania, a kiss my gout match. Oh God, no! That would be too painful. Um, <laughs> you just use the other no, foot, like, re- like wrestlers do with an injury. You just use the other foot. You know, what? I was saying, like, I was like, if if I hadn't had a match between Flores Lava and WrestleMania, I would have. I wanted to do the thing where you come out on the cane, I'm like I'm too injured to wrestle, and then you throw the cane there. You're like, I wasn't really injured. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I wrestled it good last week, and that, like the gout had literally just stopped. I was like, oh, thank God, because I've been really, really wanting to have that match, and. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thankfully clear of gout now, but um, <laughs> it's been a journey. But yeah, literally for the last, like, because I did a, a sacrifice uh, show in between where I was hosting and I, I came out there with the cane. I was like, yeah, I've got gout. So, uh, and like, well, I was being the good guy there. So I was kind of like playing up to it. And um, I got replaced at halftime by a wrestler called Trip Hazard, who does like a health and safety kind of gimmick. So he came out and was like, I heard there's an injured wrestler in the ring, so I'm going to be taking it. And, I, and I'm, like, I'm like, you're going to need my cane though. He's like, why am I going to need your cane? I'm like, for your injury. He's like, what injury? And I stamped on his foot and gave him the cane and walked away. <laughs> but uh, I like, yeah, I like to do the really stupid stuff in wrestling. Like stupidity is is my is my kind of jam. Like I, I like, like, in terms of like when I have matches, it's kind of I'll be an idiot, I'll be an idiot, I'll be an idiot, and then eventually at some point they'll trigger me, and I'll suddenly remember I'm six foot four and can throw them around, and then I'll go into like beast mode effectively. <laughs> That's kind of how I logically plan my stuff in my head. So I mean, just just one more question on the gout, and then I promise we'll move on. Um, like, as, do did you get any any answers as to how you got it? If, you know, if you know meat and no pork, it just appeared. Like, well, the yeah. thing is, it's just a slow build-up over time. So it literally, like, there's, there's things that trigger gout that you wouldn't expect to trigger gout. So it's not like unhealthy food triggers gout. I mean, it does, but, like, it can be it can be too many fizzy drinks. It can be too much spinach. It can be too much seafood. Like, I eat a lot of tuna could be a reason. You can get it because you, you're stressed. You can get it because, of, like, this. and they think it's just, like, a hereditary condition that I was just very... Because, un- like, also, you shouldn't get gout until you're about 60 if you do get gout. So I've just been very unlucky. Um, and, you know, it turned out that, that one of the referees at Sacrifice as well was like, yeah, I get gout as well. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, not like you get it, because mine was literally like a two-week agonising attack. He just gets like a little bit of pain and he's fine. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a very strange one uh, and one that I hope to avoid in the future. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like I, I, I might be susceptible now. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, it's, it's it kind of like it's a very, like, the way I've described it is like, imagine that you're like, it's the ball of your big toe is the only place where you get the pain. Imagine um, if you looked under a microscope that there were thousands and thousands of crystals 
that look like tiny knives. Now imagine that your body's gone, there's thousands of knives there, so I'm gonna build a wall over this. So it builds a wall of protein and the tiny knives are still forming behind this wall like a dam. And then eventually the dam bursts and thousands and thousands and probably millions of tiny knives are released into your toe, which is where the, the pain suddenly appears that these crystals have been released into your foot. And it's all to do with the acidity of your blood. It's a very weird thing, but I am now an expert on gout and, and all the pain medication and relievers and everything else that you can have on it. But uh, yeah, so it became my, my promo material for about two weeks, which was quite fun actually. <laughs> I'm glad that like Desert Island Graps covers like a whole gamut of subjects, wrestling, life, the universe, everything. And I, we can now add in at long last, I can write on the wall, uh, public service announcement on gout. <laughs> you know what? My, we can stop the show tomorrow. We've done it. <laughs> We've done it all. I, I actually have a t-shirt about gout awareness now as well. And <laughs> it might be able to, hang on, it might be in the drawer. Again, oh my. So we are getting an exclusive from Wrestling Memes, who's currently going into his drawer. And he's going right to here. produce a gout awareness T-shirt. This is exactly where we knew my, this was going friend, today. My friend Lisa bought me this because she thought it was funny. Um, it's, I don't know if it's backwards or not. No, it's not perfect. <laughs> so they whispered to her, you cannot withstand the storm. She whispered back, I am the storm. Hashtag gout awareness. And apparently this little ribbon... Oh, it's got a butterfly on it if you're listening to the radio, a big butterfly. And then there's a ribbon on there. And apparently if, with that ribbon, that colour, that is genuinely the gout awareness ribbon. Wow! So a, 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 gout, a real thing called gout awareness. So now I keep tweeting about gout awareness. <laughs> That's amazing. You're probably their biggest <laughs> spokesman now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a celebrity for gout. I've got to do a, like a charity campaign. It's just you and Bruce Willis. It's brilliant. <laughs> he may or may not have gout. That's just a that's a punt on my part. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Have it to get 30 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20 20, 20 bit to get 20 20, bit to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You talk about being on hands creatively with UBW, putting together the floor is lava, you know, and offering up WrestleMania and stuff. Is, is that something you like to transition to eventually into the more creative side of doing wrestling? Oh, I absolutely would have if it hadn't been for the pandemic i would have a wrestling promotion right now where we were doing completely stupid stuff like i uh i had i'd say because i because also i wanted to I'd, I'd always been like i want to do a show but i want to make i don't want to be this promoter who announces their show and then doesn't sell enough tickets and then cancels the show because they're not going to make money so i wanted to make sure i had the money in advance so if one person turned up i could still run a full show um so i'd saved up about three thousand pounds i think and then there was a big pandemic and i spent all that money on <laughs> things like water and electricity and things like that um like in the last year so i got a i got the longest holiday of my life of about six months at my former job and then they decided that they'd cut their company down from about 50 people to about eight so i was i was one of them on the chopping block but i launched my own company as a result so uh, in fact, I can plug it here. There we go. If everyone goes to www.planetattractions.com, that will really help my hits. Um, <laughs> so I launched, I, my, my job as a journalist randomly ended up being um, in the visitor attractions industry, specifically for business. And um, so because it's a very weird one, because like I go to Orlando every November for this attractions conference called IAPA and to, to like look at new roller coasters and stuff like this. And I've been doing this for about eight years and I was like, I don't want to stop doing this. So I got along with some people in the company and I was like, do you guys want to kind of give this a go and see if we can do our own thing? Um, and so in the middle of a pandemic, while we're all still locked down, we decided to launch a company. Uh, and it took, you know, it's taken about a year to get it to where we want to be, but now we're, you know, regularly making money and stuff like that. But obviously you have to put in a lot of money, to do that stuff. So my, uh, my wrestling fund disappeared, my, you know, redundancy money disappeared, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, uh, but yeah, like now I've got this website, I've got the wrestling stuff on the side and all this stuff. In fact, my, uh, I don't have it here, but my wrestling jacket actually has our planet attractions logo on it as one of my sponsors, uh, along with, um, Kayfabe News, Botchamania, Tout, and uh, oh, and Blockbuster Video. So Get I've got it. like an arm of sponsors. Um, but yeah, when I was making it, I, I said to, I messaged uh, Colin, who does Kayfabe News. I was like, I need your logo for my wrestling gear. He's like, yes, absolutely. And I messaged Matthew as well. I was like, can I have your logo? Because I want to put it on ring gear. And he's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and then I was like, right, I need to put some more logos on here. So I decided my own one. And then two defunct companies. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was actually, eventually KFA News was is it, quite relevant actually because um, he pointed out that a few days ago that he turned ten years old, and we literally started a week apart from each other. And I was like, oh, I've been doing wrestling memes for ten years. <laughs> I've I've wasted my life. <laughs> but i'm just i've had i've i've been i'm on planet attractions now uh mm. as we speak and what's great is like i've and this isn't just like a plug because i didn't know we were going to be talking about planet Attra attractions uh, but literally, I? I, I i've scrolled for five seconds i've just discovered there's a john wick ride yeah oh man i did yeah that's amazing yeah, it's into it, you know the only thing is it's in dubai so i feel like i'm never going to go there to see it but i really want to go to it's a really good park called motion gate 
and uh, and yeah they've got like a big deal with Lionsgate for it um so they've got all those brands so they've got like Hunger Games rides they've got like they got John Wick they've got they got all these kind of things and it's incredible but yeah being in the um like the visitor attractions industry was something I was not expect like wrestling I was not expecting to happen but suddenly I somehow because like I'm not like uh well I mean I am now but I wasn't like a massive theme park fan or anything like I'd go to Walton Towers every year I'd go to you know something that would be fun to do but I never be like oh well I'm gonna be work as a journalist in the visitor attractions industry one day and I just kind of fell into it kind of like I fell into wrestling and yeah my, my job it so my jobs are I go around and wear spandex and, and fight people um, and then I also go to theme parks and say about how good or bad they are. <laughs> it's a very, I, I basically have the jobs of a, a four-year-old child when he writes down what he's going to do. For if they're making money. Yeah, yeah, no, they're doing well, they're doing well. If they're making money, um, that's what it's all about. Yeah, we, I mean, can, we can always do extra hits. So if everyone listening does do this and clicks on all the links and all the videos and, you know, does all that, that would be great. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's all going, it's, yeah, it's all going swimmingly but That's as a result amazing. of planet attractions i have not done a wrestling show yet but uh it's very much on the cards um when when i've kind of built up that surplus again and i want to do something like very different as well like like you know we were talking about lucha underground like, my favorite thing about rest like i always say this to promoters when i'm talking to them about matches like i would rather wait until you've got like three straight matches for me, then come in and do what, I mean, obviously I still like to, you know, come in and do a match be like, hey, look, this is what I do. But I would rather come in and say, oh, give me a three show arc where I can actually tell a story that will connect me to the audience and I can tell a proper story about this. And then that, that's got so much more value for me. So what I want to do is kind of marry, uh, I mean, this is, it's all a bit vague at the moment, but I kind of want to marry Lucha Underground with like attitude era style storytelling so kind of really off the wall over the top stuff when like the show you'd have your, like your normal indie show with all the crazy fun match simulation stuff but then you'd have when you look at it online it's got all the extra added like properly filmed things and you've got like you know the backstage like like back and forth or whatever it is like like um like well for example uh, i was saying i've been watching a lot of catfish i'm like why has no one done a catfish storyline in wrestling it's such a good idea i like i've got so many stupid creative ideas i write down on a list of, of like what i'd like to do and uh and there's uh, like we've talked about like <laughs> like uw has a joke character who so every year we do a uh a, a costume rumble um for like a big kids charity um uh called spectrum and um every year it's like oh pick a superhero and get your costume on and we have a big fun rumble um a christmas tree won it this year um and uh one of the wrestlers basically was like oh i've got this spider-man outfit it's gonna be great i'm gonna be spider-man and his outfit turns up and it's just a video of him looking the saddest he's ever looked because the, the costume is so bad and he turns around and it it's it's just the most awkward video ever <laughs> and it was so funny to everyone in ubw that we started calling him spudamon <laughs> and then Spudamon became so funny that every time there's a rumble, I add Spudamon onto the list and give someone the costume and make him come up like, and then immediately get eliminated or whatever. But like, like I was like, imagine if you had a storyline where like someone's like, I want Spudamon's mask and Spudamon's like just this stupid Spider-Man ripoff and like, they try to unmask him constantly he's escaping. And then one day finally he unmasks and it's like someone like Cara Noir or something. And everyone's like, oh! <laughs> oh my God. 
I can't believe it was probably too hot the whole time. This is like the time they, they, they unmasked the stick. The stick took his helmet off and it was Mika Hakkinen. <laughs> like, yeah, it's exactly. that, isn't it? You just yeah, have somebody right. there for the night and like, oh my God, you were spooed him on, Steve. Yeah, exactly, you have this absolute goon. Uh, like, <laughs> and then it, it ends up being like The Rock or something. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I, those are the kind of, that's the kind of stupid stuff that I like to do. Like, um, like I even, once, because I decided it was a really good idea, um, we rented an inf- and I found that there were inflatable wrestling rings or inflatable boxing rings. Uh, like a like a bouncy cast kind of thing. So we rented uh, an inflatable wrestling ring and had something uh, called the Inflator Bowl, which was for the UBW Infinity Title. We got like twelve wrestlers to to, to have a match in a pub garden with this inflatable ring. And people, you know, they get choke slammed onto the mat and then they're like, "It's a bouncy castle and they stand up <laughs> and they like all around them. But we had a match called the Inflator Bowl, and it's it's awful, but I love it so much. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, we do. I come up with so many completely stupid ideas um, that I that I sometimes carry out and sometimes don't. But there's there's a lot of things that I want to kind of have fun with. And I think if I have a promotion, then I can um, wreak chaos on everybody. <laughs> so it's it, it's on the agenda. But um, I want yeah, I want to wait until I'm in a position where I can basically have paid for it all in advance before actually announcing it so you know go oh ticket sales so we're cancelling or usually the answer is circumstances beyond our control rather than anything else but uh yeah like that's what i want to do so that, that that's my uh that's my long-term plan that's that's a nice sign the fact that you want to do the whole I want to make sure we can pay for this before the show because there's, yeah. there's you know, there's a, the, the, the great, it's, it's a great meme amount, in itself for the wrestling world. The, the, of, amount of well, time, game was low. The, the amount of times I have been booked for a brand new promotion coming soon and they don't have the show is like, it's, I've been wrestling for, well, including a pandemic, but I've been wrestling for four years. I think it's probably happened at least 10 times where someone's announced a promotion and then had a reason that they couldn't do it. And it's because they've, they've, I think you get a lot of fans now who some fans have started promotions that are fantastic. Like, um, like uh, catch is a great example in Manchester of a promotion that is doing amazing stuff. And, and that was started by a group of people who, you know, kind of, I mean, essentially didn't know what they were doing at the start and they're kind of learning as they go, but they've done a fantastic job of it. Um, and then you get, you get the other side where they're like, I'm going to do a promotion and I'll put the tickets on sale and, I'm expecting it to sell out immediately because I go to progress and I thought that was what's going to happen with mine. And, you know, they maybe sell 20 tickets panic in two days and then cancel the show. And like the promoters as well, they need to have, I I don't think people realize that promoters need to have like a a strong head for it because it can be kind of panicking when you're like looking at the things you're like, we haven't sold enough tickets or this or that. And, and then the ticket sales, you know, come towards the end, especially with the pandemic at the moment. Like I've noticed, uh, well, from speaking to promoters, I found a lot that, they get an initial rush and then they're like, the tickets are really low. The tickets are really low. And then it's a week before the show and everyone's like, ah, I don't have COVID at the moment. Let's buy tickets for that show. And then they shoot up and they, and they, and they sell out and they sell more than they're normally selling actually. Um, But yeah, there's kind of a, there's a a bit of a trend at the moment. I think of people who are like, I'm going to do a wrestling show. And then they suddenly realize it's a lot harder than just saying, I'm going to do a wrestling show. Uh, and some people, like I say, Catch, for example, in Manchester, absolutely pulling off and doing a fantastic job. And then others who don't make it to day one. Um, and yeah, I think I've probably had five or ten of those where uh, where I've been like, oh, cool, I've got this match against this person or this is coming. And then it, it just never happens because it doesn't get there. It doesn't get across the line. 
so so yeah that's that's one of the reasons why i want to make sure that even if you know i sell five tickets to to my to my um my nightmare of a wrestling show that uh, that um that i could still pay every single person there to do it and make sure the venue's paid make sure you know insurance is paid medics all this kind of stuff there's there's a lot of factors you think in other than just paying the wrestlers that i again i don't think people think of but um but yeah, it, yeah, it's on the long-term list, but I want to make sure I'm doing it the right way. Would you consider marrying your two loves and putting on a wrestling show at a theme park? You know what? So <laughs> it almost happened. Oh. Happen. I won't say what theme park, but um, obviously because of... Rhymes with uh, Tolton Bowers. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It rhymes with Bort Bark. Uh, no, um, <laughs> because, of the, uh, because of the wrestling stuff um, um, and the journalism stuff, I obviously know the PRs for all the theme park, well, PRs everywhere, but a lot of the theme parks for theme parks in the UK and one that was local to me, um, I found out about the wrestling and, uh, in fact, I may as well just say it, it was Thorpe Park. Um, <laughs> uh, so, we, so we did a thing with UBW with the Infinity title um, before this, uh, where we went to their Fright Nights and they took us to Fright Nights and let us film. Uh, and the Infinity title is a 24-7 belt. Um, so it was, it was before the 24-7 title had been brought back actually, but the Infinity Titles are 24-7 belt and they took us to Fort Park on Fright Nights and got like the actors to like, like someone got killed by a vampire and got pit and the vampire won the belt. I got beaten to death by um, a, a Negan cosplayer and like we were actually filming title changes at the park and it was amazing and it was so good. Um, and we spoke to them a bit like about like potentially putting on a thing at their they got like a, a dome basically where they can do it. And, like, and, they, and it was kind of like, they were like, oh yeah, we're really interested. And then like, you know, people who are in charge of different things change and it, it didn't come through. But yeah, there, there was at one point discussions about doing a wrestling show at Thorpe Park, which would have been the best thing ever. Um, I know they've, they, they've done it a couple of times in the past, but not with like a proper, this is it kind of thing. Mm. Um, so maybe I can get back there one day, but it, yeah, it was really, it, it, it was on the agenda and it just never came through sadly, but uh, one of these days. One to watch out for, one to watch out for. Yeah. Let's go to your third and final match then, my friend. We've had uh, Randy Orton and uh, Mick Foley from Backlash. Uh, we had Jeff Hardy, Undertaker, climb the ladder kid, make yourself famous. What would you like your third and final one to be, Memes? All right, so this is where I've gone real, I'm on a desert island, so I need to think about this. Um, so I've decided, like, I need to, if, if I'm watching these three matches over and over again, I need a lot of stars in this. I need a lot of, like, you know, people that I like. And, you know, the, the, the best match, the best matches ever, the most, the one that I look forward to the most every single year is the Royal Rumble. So I've picked my favourite Royal Rumble. Nice. Uh, with, uh, I wonder if you can guess what my favourite Royal Rumble is. Um, okay, your favourite Rumble. Um... Would it have been 2000 and no, no, I won't be able to try to think what well, was you, happened. You were on the right track. 2000 and, 2001. Oh, so close. It's 2002. 2002. Oh, 2002. You said 02. Because, because it has the best moment. Well, you know, no, it had the best moment in any Royal Rumble ever until Edge came back and I lost my mind because he's my favorite wrestler ever. But it has the best elimination of all time, which is Maven on The Undertaker. Of course. Which, oh, it's, that was one. I remember watching it live and be like, because <gasps> I loved Maven at the time too. When Maven eliminates The Undertaker, it absolutely like 
blew my mind. And it, and like that whole match, not just that, the whole match is incredible. Like you've got the, the second entrant is Goldust who returns. And that's the first time I've seen Goldust too returns and i'm like who the hell is this guy um coming out with all the, the you know the glitter and everything else um so gold dust came back uh maven eliminates a dominant undertaker um austin comes out and like uh, like clears house and then triple h who's coming back after eight months out of a near career ending injury comes out and him and austin are like back and forth and they keep eliminating people you've got the hurricane elimination where he tries to double choke slam them both and then they're like what the hell are you doing and they throw him over the top rope um you've got mr perfect coming back as well in that match and he's in the final three and then i, I actually um in preparation for this i watched it last night so i've got a list here of at the towards the end of that match, right? Think of this star power, especially when you think about the roster and stuff nowadays. This star power in the ring at the same time in this rumble, at one point in time in this rumble, are Kurt Angle, Kane, The Big Show, Kurt Angle, Mr. Perfect, Triple H, and Stone Cold. And then, then when Big Show and Kane are eliminated, the final two entrants are RVD and Booker T. So you swap those two out and put those two in. <laughs> it's just like everything from my childhood is in that match it's unbelievable it's is it is absolutely insane what a strong rumble that is i love it it's such a good match i could watch it every day forever there was a couple of uh wonderful surprises mr perfect being the one in there gold dust turning up early on yeah was a real pleasant surprise although he looks great uh, and uh godfather came out yeah. Like the first time we've seen Godfather in in a in about just since pre right to censor days. Yeah, like, I think that that was also after uh, after quote unquote he'd gone legit with his escort business. <laughs> so I don't know if they were real escorts or not, but he brings out about twelve women and they're like, yeah, they're from his escort business. <laughs> so we're trying to avoid saying hoes in this yeah. in this day and age. So we'll, we'll <laughs> it's a it's a gimmick that absolutely should would not ever come back now. I could it was funny when you watched The Godfather getting inducted into the Hall of Fame because there was so much they couldn't talk about with that character. <laughs> and they skirted around it so much. Like it's like okay, we'll just we can't talk about him being a pimp with hoes. Let's talk about backstage. He just did a lot of drugs, smoked a lot of weed and got into a lot of trouble and <laughs> drank a lot. We can't talk about that either. Um ladies and gentlemen, The Godfather. Yeah. And, and you know that Rumble as well has it's got the return of the Hardys who the Undertaker just they help uh, Maven get the elimination they've been taken out by the Undertaker weeks before and they both come back and they look like they're going to get him and he gets rid of them and they distract him so so Maven gets the elimination and then you know maybe you know people are always like Maven never got eliminated from the Rumble but I forget he actually gets thrown back into the ring and then thrown back out over the top rope. So Maven does get eliminated from that rumble by The Undertaker. Even though Undertaker wasn't legal, he does go over the top. And then he gets thrown through a popcorn machine, um, which, which is also great. But it, it, yeah, it's it's just, there's so many rumbles I could have picked, but that is just, for me, that's the best one. I think either, the, beyond that, would be either the, the 2001 one where uh, Kane runs riot that was the i think that was also one of the first matches i saw because a friend had it on video so that that was why i also always loved kane because he was just the best in that match and then um the recent one with that not all people like but i loved the rumble where brock lesnar literally eliminates half the half the half the roster and then and then edge comes back and mcintyre wins i think that is a great rumble i it, one of my favorites um what I like yeah. about the Rumble now is because there's two, you mm -hmm. can be a little bit braver with the way you book 
one of them. Like having, I think if there was only the one Rumble per year, and that and 2020, 2020's Rumble was just Lesnar hoying out 50% of the people. I don't think it would be as remembered as well. But because you had like the Women's Rumble, which was a, a more traditional style of Rumble, like everybody got served. And, uh, and and it worked quite well because of that. But I like, yeah, I'm with you. I like the fact that they, they did something with Lesnar where he just spent <laughs> half an hour just throwing people out and when drew got him out you thought well there's a there's your star straight away immediately yeah. there's your star it's, it's it's normally a case of i know exactly who's gonna well not know exactly but i'm like all right it's gonna be one of these like two or three people who are gonna win the rumble like like for example i managed to win quite a lot of money betting on edge when nobody thought he was gonna win when he won last time um because i bet i, put, I was like Edge is definitely winning this and i put like a fiver on and it, at the time it was really high odds because he hadn't come back yet <laughs> and i was like no edge is winning this rumble and he did and i was like yes i nailed it but like this time for, for this upcoming rumble I, I really don't know who's gonna win it's it's really i, d- I don't know if it's just because i haven't been watching as much of the product recently because you know it's a bit of a a struggle at the moment but um I, I i don't i just can't work out what they're gonna do unless brock lesnar or roman reign was with it which because that was my kind of like with the women's i'm like i'm like 95 percent sure that charlotte flair is going to win the rumble as the champion and then challenge becky lynch and they can unify the belts that is what i that's my prediction for that but with the men's i'm like ah oh, i don't know unless brock or roman enter this match and do the same thing like it's it's a very it's a very tough one this year in terms of predicting who's going to win it. Like like the my my educated guess would be AJ, or if they really secretly got him, The Rock. But I don't think they've got The Rock, so I would go AJ. But it's a it's a really hard one this year to to pick who would win the men's rumble. But I like that though. I, I like, like that. that. I yeah. like when it's not an obvious winner. And you know that's the thing as well. Like when when it, it, when wrestling are on its its ups and its downs in terms of like how engaged you are with the product. As soon as it gets to the rumble, I'm like right. What are we doing <laughs> like I'll all, it'll, it'll always drag me back in i normally get a call around about this time of year from my dad more he doesn't just call me once he calls me throughout the year obviously but around this time of year where he, 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 he uh, could, since 2020 <laughs> oh, dad. all right bye son no, don't hang, don't hang up. Um, he'll normally call because he'll have seen something about the Royal Rumble you'll go hey what's bloody happening then who's winning it I might have a flutter. So like my dad will tip in and just go, hey, who's bloody winning the rumble then? Are you watching it? Are you staying up to watch it? I said, are you? <laughs> like a few years he's threatened to when I've been back home, but he never does. But but it's that it, I like that it brings back sort of lapsed fans, casual fans. This is a really nice, like it's a, it's a time where you'll get some, some shitty gatekeeping, but if you put that to one side, it's a lovely time because it's kind of, it feels sort of like wrestling's carnival season because you get people who haven't watched it in a while dipping back in. We're leading up to WrestleMania, which is basically now become like the week because of the week of wrestling that happens there from not just WWE, but Indies. Basically, WrestleMania is now the Edinburgh Fringe Festival of Wrestling whereby like all the companies will just descend on wherever WrestleMania is and they'll put shows on all week long. It's a really nice time to be in wrestling, I think. It's, it's cool. It's cool to come back in as a fan and, and consume yeah, you've almost got again. guaranteed booking on WrestleMania Day, whenever that is, which I do, actually. <laughs> so that's good. Hey! So, in fact, we will get into that now because we are wrapping up our time together. It has genuinely been bloody lovely to spend the last hour and a half chatting wrestling with you. 
Uh, thank you for coming on. But where, if people want to find out more about you, where you're going to be, what you're up to, how can they get in touch, sir? Um, so where, where can where, where can I be found? So facebook.com slash wrestling memes. Uh, Twitter is at wrestling underscore memes. And then Instagram, which it tends to be where I, I do a lot more of my, uh, or share a lot more of my wrestling stuff in terms of me as a wrestler is uh, at brother Mimo. Uh, influenced by Matt Hardy, um, <laughs> putting me on trial. So, so those are my kind of three socials. Um, and then, in terms of upcoming stuff, there's probably there's two main ones that are upcoming. Um, the first, of course, uh, coming. I think it's Feb. Wait, hang on, my calendar's here. My calendar's right next to me. What's the theme? Uh, cal- what sort of themed calendar is it? It's. I'll show you. I'll show you. Please do. It's good. Important. Be able to find it there, but it's. Uh, Where's Wally calendar? Oh, wonderful. I like that. So uh, I've got my Where's Wally calendar with a new Wally every month. Um, so yeah, February the 19th is uh, WrestleMemia 4. Uh, and it's in Peterborough this year, um, which is a, it was the first time we've been to Peterborough with UBW. So that's now like the big, uh, again, very stupidly, has become the big calendar event for UBW. It's their big show of the year now um so i will be i i haven't had my match announced yet but i will be performing on that show uh as as bad guy memes um so i'm looking forward to that um i'm currently undefeated at wrestlemania i've got a streak of three and oh going uh so gotta keep that that alive um <laughs> um i won't have gout so that'll be good so yeah i've got wrestlemania um then uh i've also got February 25th is something I'm really, really excited for. So two promotions I work for, like uh, a lot, are UBW and just up the road is Sacrifice. Um, And Sacrifice, if you don't know them, are a charity promotion. So um, none of the wrestlers get paid a wage. Everything, uh, all profits from every show goes to a different charity every single show. Um, And I've been working for them for a couple of years now. And this... Uh, February 25th, which is also my birthday, so bring cakes and presents and stuff like that, uh, is going to be for the first time UBW versus Sacrifice. So we're doing a versus show, and I'm really excited for, again, I can't say what I'm doing, but I'm really excited for what I'm going to be doing on that show. So those are the two ones I'd I'd highly recommend. Um, I'll also be down in Oxford on February the 12th uh, for United Wrestling. Again, I can't say what I'm doing, but those are my kind of three ones that are upcoming, and I've got th- I've got three bits and pieces for those. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to all those, and uh, and yeah, no, hopefully uh, soon to be seen in 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 more rings like Wrestle Carnival and Good, and uh, if I plug them enough, maybe catch. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to break the north as well. So I've been rest- I've wrestled quite a fair amount in the Midlands. I've wrestled a lot in the south, but I haven't quite made it up north yet. And that's really really where I want to because it's like a whole new pool of wrestlers as well. Mm, so I really it's a lovely talent and... of people up here. Who, who are you looking to work for in the north of England? Uh, well, wrestlers are looking to work against kind of like like Big T is one that I really like to wrestle. Um, I'd like to do something with Isaiah Quinn. I'm not sure if he's wrestling at the moment or not. Um, there's uh, Brady Phillips is another great one. There's, oh, there's so many guys in the north where I, I just look at them and I'm like, I want to wrestle all these guys. And there's so many... Yeah, so many, so many guys that, that I that I see in promotions that, that do great stuff. You know, there's like North, there's there's Catch, there, there's endless, endless promotions up North that look like they're doing an amazing job and like something that I want to get involved in and want to be a part of. Um, 
see, that's kind of like, that's one of my goals this year is to try and get up to one or two Northern promotions. So, uh, you know, if you're a Northern promotion and you're listening out, I am available and <laughs> fairly reasonable uh, price. And uh, I can bring, uh, I can bring one wrestler with me in the car, but no more because I have to put all my merch. No, I can't. I can <laughs> <laughs> one wrestler and merch or no wrestlers and a wrestler extra. and a lot of eminence uh. <laughs> we like to end on this one memes um i want to take you back in time to uh the the point where you were nudged by a, a few friends within the industry said hey you should you should get into this you should get in there you should be wrestling you're on a drunk night out and they say hey come to training tomorrow come to training tomorrow is there anything that you would like to say to that version of yourself that would hold them in good stead for years to come don't live stream your first match, you idiot. Wait about four matches and then you'll probably be all right. Um... <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 